In today's show, we're recapping the action from Tuesday across the NBA. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. Today's episode also brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at redrock underscore beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. We've got seven games today. So let's talk about those games right now, starting off with the first one. And that first game was the Brooklyn Nets losing to the Detroit Pistons 122-111. We know the Nets were without Kevin Durant, but that's still inexcusable. Jim Harden had 24-6-12. He had two steals. He had five blocks. And we talked, or I talked the other day, about how Harden's usage was surely going to come up. He had 27% usage here. But the thing that was really keeping him down was a lack of blocks and a lack of steals. Well, that, I guess, course corrected here. He's the number two player over the last two weeks. And he's been a guy that consistently gets steals and blocks. Not blocks at five per game, but around 0.7 to 0.9 per game, which is a really high number for a guard. He shot the ball well, got to the line seven times. Wouldn't say that he was necessarily the fault offensively, but defensively, they were still a minus 11 with him out there. Kyrie, 27-2-7 with two steals. He's still dealing with that finger issue. He had a 37% usage. Took 28 shots, only got to the line once. I think that's far too many shots. We need to get more guys involved there. I know that Durant was out, but Joe Harris took three shots. Sorry, he took six shots. He made uh, made two of them um, for six points. Harris is still a guy to hold, but he's going to have these games. The Shark, Bruce Brown, had eight points with nine boards and four steals. Baby shark, but, you know, is he, he's not worth streaming in, I don't believe. Um, while Durant is out. DeAndre Jordan, just just horrendous defensively. Nine and eight in 23 minutes. He did go 80% again from the field, and he continues to have value just through that one category. Now, that is not going to be useful in a points league. He had just 20 fantasy points today. Uh, he's a drop in points leagues, I believe. And in category leagues, it's really just a specialist type scenario. Jeff Green had 10 points in 29 minutes. This was a guy who was pushing into 12-team value. He has reverted back to being Jeff Green, so I don't think we need to must-hold him by any stretch. While we saw Noel Vonley play just garbage time minutes, Norval Pal played nine minutes only, and uh, Landry Shamit had 10 points in his 18 minutes. So really, a night to forget for the Nets. For the Pistons, Mason Plumley played 38 minutes. He had 14, 12, and 7. He had two steals and three blocks, and he didn't get to the free throw line, so he didn't hurt you there. 52 fantasy points. He's the 50th-ranked player over the last two weeks. He is a must-roster player in all leagues. Now, what the future holds for Mason Plumley, I have no idea. Whether they're going to move on from him in a trade, whether they're going to give more minutes to Isaiah Stewart, whose minutes have actually been coming down of late, uh, 10 minutes in each of the last two games for Stewart. It is hard to fully grasp what the Pistons' plan is, but Dwayne Casey is going to have uh, a level of reliance on his... Um, on his older vets, I think a lot of the time. But you know, this sort of thing's unexpected. 
Stewart had played 21, 20, 20, and 24 in three consecutive games. And then he played nine and 10 minutes while they gave 40 minutes to Mason Plumley. Like that sort of shit can't be predicted. And it is hard to understand where it goes from here. I would say Plumley won't play 39 minutes a game moving forward. But there is always that possibility. Career high for Jeremy Grant, 32 points in 38 minutes with four triples and a block. Hyper-efficient from him. While Josh Jackson, I think we had Josh Jackson in all 12-team leagues at this stage. Um, Jackson had 13 points, two threes, two steals, a block, 50% from the field. And it's more the 29 minutes versus the 20 minutes that Wayne Allington played. Allington's a drop in 12-team leagues. While DeLon Wright played 37 minutes. I don't think you'll play 37 every night, especially when Dennis Smith, they want to get a look at Dennis Smith. But 22 points, uh, 28 usage for Delon is insane. Uh, nine assists and two steals. We're rostering right for his assists and for his steals, not for the fact that he took 16 shots and also 12 free throw attempts. There's a bit of unsustainability there, but he is a top 50 player over the last two weeks. This is a guy who I loved last year, and then he was completely out of action in Dallas, like just didn't play really at all, and then came over here and struggled in Detroit to begin the season, and everything went wrong, and then Killian Hayes went down, they put him at point guard, and he's really fired up. And the numbers he's putting up at the moment uh, are really, really interesting, and he should be rostered in in uh, in all to most leagues. Let's go on to the second game of the day, <clears throat> the New York Knicks. This was one that I was uh, you know, really looking forward to, um, just to see what happened. The, the Heat win at 98-96, so it wasn't exactly a barn burner, but... Can you believe a Tom Thibodeau coach team played only one player over 30 minutes? Julius Randle played 37 minutes. He shot 22% from the field. He had 12 and 8 with two steals, and he has been trending a little bit backwards at the moment, but no one else played 30 minutes. RJ Barrett's streak of minutes being low continued. He played just 27 minutes, Barrett. Had a chance at the game winner and missed it. 13 and 6, horrendous percentages. Is he at risk of losing minutes to Derrick Rose. Because Derrick Rose probably won't play much point guard for the Knicks. Thibodeau likes to use him as a shooting guard, small forward type. And if they're still going to develop quickly and they're still going to love Peyton, I think Barrett, I think Barrett's in real danger of losing you know, some minutes. He's not going to play those 37 a night that he was playing. I think we all can get behind that fact. But it's really trending in the wrong direction. I'm not making snap judgments here, but I'm just trying to see if where that pattern is. Peyton played 27 minutes, 18, 5, and 4. Not a bad game from Alfred Peyton, to be honest. Well, quickly, 21 minutes, 7 points, 3 assists, and a steal. I think, <clears throat> I think we can drop quickly in 12-team leagues. Just hard to get enough playing time there. Um, Derek Rose, 20 minutes, 14 points, 3 assists. Good usage, very good efficiency, good defensive stats. There's a little bit of unsustainability in that level of efficiency paired with the defensive stats there for Rose. He was a really good player last year. He has not been a good player this season, but this was an encouraging debut, and you have to think he's going to play more than 20 minutes as we move forward. If you wanted to add him, especially in a points league, Derek Rose is fine in 12-team leagues. Noel did his thing, one steal and three blocks, while Mitch Robinson had the opposite, three steals and one block. So good numbers from both of those big men. Only 26 minutes for Alec Burks. I'd probably look at him as more of a 14-team league guy than any sort of must-roster 12-teamer. For the Heat, Bam Adebayo, 19 and 6, two steals, two blocks. Good to see two blocks because he hasn't been blocking shots really at all this year. 81% from the line on 16 attempts. That is just massive for your free throw percentage. And Butler had 87% on 15 attempts. Just huge, huge numbers. Jimmy had 26, 8, and 10, and he's been really good since coming back from his absence. 
Tyler Hero came off the bench but played more minutes than Kendrick Nunn. 15, 7, and 4 for Hero. Didn't shoot particularly well and didn't get any free throws. I still think he's a rosterable player, a 12-team league guy. I don't think that he is any sort of top 70, top 80 guy, but he's fine to hold on to. Well, Nunn had 11, 2, and 3 in 33 minutes. Nunn is going to lose a ton of value once Drugic and once Bradley end up returning. He is fine for 12-team leagues at the moment, Kendrick, but he is not a long-term answer in those leagues. What do we do with Dunk Robinson? Four points, all of them from free throws. Missed all seven of his shots, had five rebounds and an assist. He's the 145th ranked player, and he's 244th over the last two weeks. Okay, he's obviously going to shoot better than this. In a points league, I've said it since week two, don't worry about having Duncan Robinson in a 12-team points league. Do not hold him. He's no point. Get rid of him. In a category league, <clears throat> what's, what's the best case scenario here for Dunk? The 120th best player? Is having five acquisitions for the week and streaming his spot more valuable? Almost definitely yes. I am not... In a 10-team league, I wouldn't bother with holding Dunk Robinson. In a 12-er, mm, it's, it's borderline for me. I've, with, while fully acknowledging he will shoot better than this, but when he does shoot better, is there actually enough goodness, enough fantasy goodness in that for me to deal with this bullshit that's going on at the moment? And I, I think in a lot of cases, the answer is going to be no. But it is a tough call to make, no doubt. If you're looking for parts for your car or truck, you don't want to call Duncan Robertson because he'll probably miss, miss the call. What you want to do is you want to go to rockauto.com, your local chain auto store. They're not going to be able to have every part and, and piece for your car available in stock. They're going to have to order it for you, and then they're going to charge you 30 50 100% more than what you would get at rockauto.com. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. Rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. It's a family business, rockauto.com, serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. And when you do go to rockauto.com right now, you can see all the parts that are available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right, flip it over to the next game, third game of the day. The Pelicans absolutely bludgeoned the Rockets. Uh, big big numbers. They're 130 to 101. The Rockets, uh, who were playing pretty well after the James Harden trade, are not playing particularly well at the moment. 131-01 is a smashing. There was no Christian Wood. There was no Victor Oladipo resting. But they need to be better than that. Sterling Brown, whenever he's forced into action, he plays well. 26 minutes, 11 points, three threes, two steals, an excellent streamer on these back-to-backs. The wild thing, Jay Sean Tate, 13 and 7. I think he's a strong 14-team league ad. I wouldn't be so convinced in 12s outside of streaming. While Eric Gordon had 23 points with four threes. Great volume scorer. Unfortunately, he was a minus 40 in this game, and he was bad from the field and bad from the line. He's been shooting well above expectances for this beginning of the season, and I do expect some aggression. I think he's fine to have in 12s. I'm just not super excited. John Wall, speaking of bad, one of six from the line. That's horrendous. But 25, four, and six is pretty solid. He was 48 from the field. And if we also want to speak, we continue to speak about horrendous. DeMarcus Cousins, 22 minutes, 13% shooting, seven and seven with a block. Now, it was a blowout, much like it was last game in the back-to-back. So they did keep his minutes down for that reason. Um, I'm still believing that he is a guy to hold while Christian Wood is out. 
But I think the illustration here is plain as anything that once Wood is back, there is no value in Cousins. <clears throat> so if you want to make a forward move, facing move and make a trade or make a waiver acquisition or it's a two-for-one deal and the cost is losing DeMarcus Cousins, don't worry about it. Because in two weeks, when Christian Wood's back, Cousins has no value to you at all. I would still hold in most cases at this point, but um, just be aware that he's just not going to be a 12-team league guy as we move forward. For the Pelicans, only 21 minutes for Zion Williamson, but he had 20 points, 5 rebounds, 7 assists, and a steal. He went 8 of 10 from the line and 6 of 10 from the field. He is the 30th-ranked player over the last two weeks. He is not getting out of the second round next season. He is putting together good free throws on high volume with high assists, with almost unstoppable offensive scoring. We got defensive stats. Didn't have any blocks here, but had a steal. It is all coming together for Zion Williamson. The problem we had with him last year is he scored and he had good field goal percentage, but he was terrible for free throws and he had no threes, no assists, no steals, no blocks, subpar rebounds. It's all coming together now for Zion. And it looks pretty bloody frightening. And I reckon, yeah, top 20, I reckon, next season. Lonzo Ball had 15 and 6, while Eric Bledsoe, just the 23 minutes for Bledsoe here. 10 points, 4 assists to steal. Yeah, I think he's still solid enough to hold, but not great. But what about Josh the Hitman Hart? He was questionable with back spasms heading into this game. 40 minutes, 20 points, 17 rebounds, 1 steal and 2 blocks. Just an unfathomable line from Josh Hart. He's the 153rd ranked player this season, so don't get too excited. I think he's a must-roster 14-team league guy, but for 12s, I'm not completely sold. Ingram had 22 points in 28 minutes, while Bill Hernan Gomez just bludgeoned the Rockets. 14 and 10, four assists, a steal on a block, perfect from the line. 63 from the field. He is clearly ahead of Jackson Hayes. I don't think Hayes is getting back in this rotation anytime soon. And deeper leagues, 16-teamers, you want to add Billy Hernan Gomez. Lonzo, I mentioned him already. Nikhil Alexander-Walker, he was out of the rotation early on, but did get some minutes because of Zion's foul trouble. 20 minutes, 7 points, 4 assists, a steal, and a block. Really good overall numbers. You know that I think that long-term Kyrie Lewis is a better option than Alexander Walker. Um, clearing enough runway for Alexander Walker to be a 12-team league guy this year feels a little bit harder at this point than it did a week ago. And I think he's hard to have as a 12-team stash. I wouldn't have Lewis as any sort of stash either. He had 10 points. I thought he looked good, but it's just there's not enough there to stash him. While Redick only played the 7 minutes. And it's good to see guys like Lewis and Alexander Walker getting those minutes ahead of someone like J.J. Redick. And the Pelicans are winning, and they're winning big. Um, and this is an absolutely huge victory for them here. All right, let's go on to the next game now. The Golden State Warriors get the big win here on the back-to-back against the Spurs, 114-91. Steph was excellent again. He's your number one fantasy player over the last two weeks. 32 points, four threes, 55% shooting, only 75 from the line, which is a bit un-Steph-like, but really good otherwise. And Draymond had only six points, but seven boards, 11 assists, and a steal, and was amazingly 75% from the field. Draymond also is really up there in the last two weeks. 47th ranked player. That's for category leagues. For points, he's nowhere near as good, and he's not someone that is necessarily a shallow points league hold, but he is a must-roster 12-team category guy. Oubre didn't shoot well. Tell me if you've heard that before. 29% for 12 points, but did have 10 boards. He hit two two threes, and he had a steal. He's a top 70 player over the last two weeks. Well, Wiggins had 14-3 and three with three steals. A nice game from all those guys. Eric Paschal had one of his best games in recent memory, 15 points with three threes and six rebounds, while Juan Toscano-Anderson really just hurt you with shooting. 37% true shooting, but 11-8 and eight with a triple one, three assists. They're good numbers. 
And while Wiseman is out and while Looney is out, he does have stream value. And we've talked at length about the Rockets and the Warriors having a great schedule for streaming this week. And that's why he has that value to be a guy that you can use this week. Damian Lee had 11 points with three threes in 22 minutes with a block. Yeah, look, I think Lee is fine, but it's just going to be hard for him to get enough minutes to really have any sort of uh, impact. For the Spurs, shout out to the bloke who told me that he's unsubscribing because I said that DeJounte Murray may have been a sell high after yesterday. Murray had... Eight points in 26 minutes on 40% shooting. He failed to register a steal, a block, or hit a three. He had four rebounds and two assists. Now, he's obviously better than this, and he's obviously worse than he was yesterday. He's somewhere in between. But that's why you try and take advantage of those managers who live completely in the moment. Man, why would you sell Hohen DeJounte? He's a baller. Cool. Well, you pay that price of what he did yesterday, and then I'll reap the rewards. He's not as bad as this, clearly. He is the 59th ranked player over the course of the season. I think that's probably that 45 to 60 zone is probably the right area for um, DeJounte Murray as we move forward. But he was never going to be as good as what he was yesterday. Jakob Pertl got in foul trouble. Four points in 20 minutes with two blocks. Still a must roster guy while LaMarcus Aldridge is sidelined. So don't overreact to him only playing 20 minutes here. Also don't overreact to the fact that Trey Lyles... Got uh, got into the game really, and and actually put up numbers and played minutes. It's not something that is a uh, a staple from Trey Lyles. Lyles played 26 minutes, had 15 and six. Not much else there. Not something that I would get overly excited about. Um, Rudy Gay had 17 and six, and Keldon Johnson. We talked about him earlier today, saying that the shooting numbers were going to improve. Well, they didn't really improve that much here. 36% from three is a big improvement for sure, but 31% overall. But 13, 6, and 6, the 6 assists, the 1 block is nice. The 33 minutes is probably most encouraging. It remains a hold guy. Devin Vassell made his first start. 6 points, 6 rebounds, 1 block, 24 minutes. He will not maintain that spot all season. He will only be a very deep league guy if he even remains in the rotation as the season moves on. But he's already better than Lonnie Walker. I've said this from basically the first game of the season. Walker played 18 minutes, went scoreless, missed all five of his shots. Lonnie does not need to be rostered in anything outside of 20-team leagues. Not the greatest night from him coming back from illness. Well, DeMar DeRozan, 12-3-6. A pretty poor night from DeRozan as well after playing fairly well recently. He's in that 45-50 to type range as we move forward. Um, But yeah, obviously wasn't the greatest performance here from DeMar DeRozan. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football's over, but the NBA, college basketball, the NHL, they're all in full swing. And Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit by using the promo code Locked On. Bet Online are your online sportsbook experts. This episode is brought to you by 1010. Now, you may have read about this in the New York Times, InStyle Magazine, or Forbes, and we're excited to tell you about it. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful commitment ring. They're available now exclusively at BlueNile.com, and when they're gone, they're gone. 
We all know that the diamond engagement ring is iconic. It's a timeless expression of the deepest commitment between two people. And with 1010, it's been beautifully re-envisaged in the hands of 10 modern designers working exclusively with sustainably sourced diamonds. If you're ready to mark a special commitment or looking for a unique and meaningful way to celebrate Valentine's Day, you're definitely going to want to check this out. Again, this exciting limited edition collection of diamond engagement rings is now available exclusively at BlueNile.com. All right, so the next game that we take a look at here, the Orlando Magic go down to the Blazers, 106-97. The Magic were without Aaron Gordon, Evan Fournier, of course, Mark Fultz, Jonathan Isaac, and then uh, during the game, they lost Cole Anthony to a shoulder injury. So they had to start Frank Mason at point guard. <clears throat> 33 minutes for Frank, 11-7-4. I don't know the severity of Cole's injury. It didn't look great holding his shoulder, um, and I would think... That if you're going to take a flyer on someone, taking a flyer on whoever their new starting point guard is, that's Frank Mason, uh, is worth doing. He's going to be a high usage player who's had really good numbers in the G League. Um, <clears throat> I wouldn't think that Anthony's going to be out for the season or anything like that, but it's a possibility, which is not great. Uh, so I, I would look at uh, Mason as an ad. Terrence Ross bounced back with 22 points while Nikola Vucevic played 41 minutes. It just shows you how little the magic value Mo Bumba. He did not play at all. In a game, they lost by nine. Um, Vooch played 41 minutes, 27-15. Andy had a Richie Benno. Two for two, two, two. Bumba is just so far out of their calculations, it's not funny. Gary Clark, only 16 minutes. He's not going to be starting for too much longer, I think. Chumar Akiki played 27 minutes, two points, seven rebounds, five assists, and three steals, while the chief, Al Farouk Aminu, Sometimes maybe good, sometimes maybe shit. Honestly, surprised to ever see you on an NBA court again, but here he is, five minutes. He, him and Okiki are going to take these minutes from Clark until Gordon comes back. I'm really liking what I'm seeing from Okiki. So in a deeper league, he's someone to take a look at here. Uh, Jimmy Ennis had 16 and 6 in 35 minutes with three threes, a steal and a block. Good numbers from Ennis, but hard to trust him outside of deeper leagues. While Dwayne DeBaconator Bacon had 11 points in 31 minutes. And of course, in his traditional form of not shooting well. For the Blazers, Lillard returned 36 points with five threes in 34 minutes. Big game there, but not the greatest shooting, although the 13 of 13 from the line is obviously pretty tasty. And then we've got Bob Covington, who is a top 40 player over the last two weeks. Five points, that's shithouse, but 11 boards, four assists, one steal, two blocks, filling it up in the peripherals and like we know Covington can. It was rough to begin the season, but he's turning it on now. A poor night from Gary Trent in terms of uh, field goal percentage, which is what it is every night. But 15 points with six assists, three threes, and a steal keeps him having some value in 12-team leagues if you can deal with the field goals. Well, Derek Jones had eight and 10, and Ennis Cantor. A poor night by Cantor standards. Did have some foul trouble, six and 10 in 27 minutes. It would be remiss of me not to mention Carmelo Anthony, who had 23 points in 27 minutes. Three blocks and five triples for Mello, who is now maybe a top 170 player for the rest of the year or has been a top 170 player so far this year. He is only a deeper league stream, and it's obviously helping the fact that Nurkic and McCullum and even Little and Collins are out that's giving him some more minutes. Rocket Rodney Hood is well down the road. Remember when they started Hood over Trent in that one game? Oh, man, that was stupid. Zero points for Hood in 17 minutes as his recovery from his Achilles injury has not gone as smoothly, smoothly as it has for, say, uh, one Kevin Durant in Brooklyn. All right, so let's go on to the next game now. The 76ers get the win over the Kings, 119-111. Joel Embiid did have to make a trip to the locker room, but he returned. He played 35 minutes. It was with a laceration on his legs, so nothing to be concerned about. 25-17-6, two steals, two blocks. He's been amazing this year. He's the second-ranked player overall. Just an absolute monster from him. But how about Seth Curry? 
Good to see him back on track. Now, only 29 minutes for Seth, but 22 points with four threes on 54% shooting. Now, it's a pretty empty line outside of the scoring, but it, the scoring was excellent. The efficiency was great. Um, yep, yeah, have a look. If he's on your wire, he's worth a look. I wouldn't say he's necessarily a high-priority guy long-term, but that's great numbers. The Thick Hogsman, Tobias Harris. Um, I think I am a TH. T to the H. Yeah, TH for life. 22 and 10 in 41 minutes for Tobias Harris. Big game there. While Simmons, yeah, wasn't great. 14, 7 and 9, but wasn't bad either. Uh, Shake Milton, just the 11 points. With Matisse Thibel playing more, Milton's minutes have gone down. 11, 3 and 2, his value is out to like 14 to 16 team leagues. While uh, Tyrese Maxey out of the rotation now. For the Kings, Tyrese Halliburton. Jesus, this guy's unbelievable. Uh, 34 minutes, and he did this on 12% usage, by the way. 15 points, three threes, two rebounds, three assists, two steals, two blocks. His translations coming out of college were awesome. Um, he had to go to the right fit. He absolutely did go to the right fit. I didn't expect him to play 35 minutes or 34 minutes straight away, but just unbelievable numbers on nine shot attempts. He doesn't ever get to the free throw line. He can't really dribble. He can't be a point guard, but man, he is a very, very good fantasy player and a very, very good basketball player. Darren Fox had 34, 6, and 10. Another great night from Foxy. Well, Bud healed. The shot's still not there. 35% shooting, uh, 20 attempts, but 21 points, 8 rebounds, 4 assists, and 6 triples. They're doing it in other areas. The pencil, Harrison Barnes. Barnesy. Uh, had him in the sell high video today. Uh, another poor shooting night here. Eight points on nine shots, but keeping the assists up. Four assists, two steals, seven rebounds. That's how you maintain that 12-team league value, and he did it here. Now, Rashawn Holmes got into some foul trouble, and that limited him to 22 minutes, but the Kings went with Marvin Bagley. Instead of Hassan Whiteside. Guys, Hassan Whiteside is rostered in too many leagues. Get him out of your 12-team leagues. What are you doing? Get rid of him. Um, Bagley played 29 minutes, the most he's played in a long time. He had 17 points. Yeah, that's pretty good. Now, he's pretty shit in most areas. Six rebounds, two threes, a steal, uh, an assist, a steal. 60% from the line, but just good to see him playing some more minutes. I just love them to invest completely in him being the backup center. But... Yeah, the minutes extra came because of Holmes' foul trouble, but it's good to see him playing those minutes and not Whiteside, who played only seven minutes here. Let's see what they do moving forward. Bagley is not a 12-team league guy. He is the 250th-ranked player this season. You do not want him on your 12-team roster. But let's keep an eye to see if we can get some more playing time out of him as that backup center uh, in Sacramento, hopefully. All right, so on to the last game of the day. The Boston Celtics go down to the Jazz. 122-108 is the final score. Jalen Brown returned, played 37 minutes. So the knee, obviously, not too much of a concern. 33 points, 8 rebounds, 32 usage. Massive, massive true shooting of over 70%. He was great. Jason Tatum wasn't quite as good with the efficiency stakes. 23-4-4 on 35%, but Daniel Tice was excellent. 28 minutes, 15 points, 5 threes, 4 rebounds, 1 block. He fouled out, unfortunately. He is obviously the best big man on this team. And surely he is the guy that gets the most minutes when Marcus Smart returns. He has 12-team value. Grant Williams, I thought, played pretty well. 9 points, 2 steals and a block, 4 rebounds. He's a long way away from being an impactful fantasy guy, but man, that's solid. Well, Kemba Walker, yeah. 30 minutes, 7 points, 17% shooting, 7 assists from Kemba. Um... You know, I'm not not massive on Kemba, as you're well aware from all of the comments that I've had. His minutes, um, his shooting, the fact that his knees are rooted, but 
he can be better than this. I feel pretty comfortable in saying he can be better than uh, than this performance. And this, this again, pushes him into being a pretty interesting buy low guy, but buy real low, real, real low. Nothing, um, you don't need to go super high. And he's not a top 50 player. We're all, uh, I hope we're all well aware of that at this point in Kemba Walker's career. <clears throat> um, Peyton Pritchard, only 15 minutes, and Jeff Teague played three. This will continue to swing even further in Pritchard's direction. While Thompson had seven points in 26 minutes, and Rob Williams only playing 13, it's going to get real hard for Williams to have any sort of impact with how the Celtics are likely to want run their rotations when everyone is back and healthy. On the Jazz side of things, Don Mitchell. He's Don. He's good. Playing point guard is where his best fantasy numbers come. I've said this so many times. 36 points, 6 triples, 9 assists, 1 steal, 2 blocks, 69 true shooting, which is obviously... Giggity! Nice. Um, <clears throat> getting to the line. This is where he thrives. Absolutely. So maybe it might be a bit of a sell high if you're looking to capitalize on the fact that Conley is out. Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert. <laughs> Good night from Gobert as well. 18 and 12, three blocks, 89 from the field. And Joe Ingles, must roster player for the short term if you've got that streaming spot available. 24, 3 and 6 with uh, Conley out. Boyan Bogdanovic, 16, 8 and 4 with two steals. He's playing much better at the moment. While Royce O'Neal just does what he does. Three steals, sorry, not three steals, three threes, nine points, two blocks. Continuing to provide the most unsexy fantasy line in the world. But he's 115th ranked player, which in a 12-team league tells you that he has some value. Clarkson just was horrendous with his shooting early, but ended with 13, 2, and 5 with two threes. He was a guy that was shooting completely above his ability level to begin this year, and we're seeing that come back to the pack. He was top 50 for a while. He's down outside the top 80 now. He's 105th over the last two weeks, and that's about the right area, 100 to 120 for Jordan Clarkson, and that's why I was just banging the drum. Sell high, sell high if he can get top 60 back. Um, but he's fine. Like He's good. He just you know, isn't as good as what those early numbers would have uh would have indicated to you if you didn't cast a critical eye over it. Let's move on now to have a look at the ads and drops. The top ad over the last 24 hours is Josh Jackson up 26%. That makes total sense. It'll be even higher after today. Kendrick Nunn up 14%. Yeah, short-term, no worries. Long-term, I don't think there's value in him. Lou Williams up 13%. The Clippers do have as an okay situation for Williams with Paul George being out, but I don't like him long-term. Pat Williams up 11%. I think that's fine as well. And Kelly Linick, the trend's there. I'm okay with adding Linick in 12-10 leagues. When the trend pushes up with his minutes, you add him. When it pushes down, you drop him. It's a consistent up and down with Kelly Linick. For drops, Emmanuel quickly down 14%. I think that makes sense. The wave pull, DeAnthony Melton down 11%. Yep, drop him. The cashier, Xavier Tillman, down 7%. Yes. Jared Vanderbilt down 6%. Yes. And Gorgie Jeng down 4%. Yes, they are all pretty solid drops, I think. The monstrous line of the night is Jim Harden of the Brooklyn Nets. Harden had 24-6-12 with two steals and five blocks. He is the fifth-ranked player this season, but he's number one over the last two weeks, averaging 24-8-12, getting the steal and block numbers. Still not where they were last year, but you're getting oh, well, the steals in particular, 1.2. He can get that to two steals a game with a 52-93 that he's shooting, then he is the number one player, or potentially the number one player as we move forward. Good to see the usage coming back into business, but that efficiency is super impressive. 60% from two and 40% from three over his last six games. The rookie of the night is none other than Tyrese Halliburton. 15 points for Halliburton in this game, as I said, on that minuscule usage. Three threes, two rebounds, three assists, two steals, two blocks from Halliburton. 
He is the 56th ranked player this season, but 19th over the last two weeks, doing it on that really low usage. He's going to fall off because he's shooting 58% over his last three games but and doesn't get to the line at all. Give a quick guess how many free throws you reckon Tyrese Halliburton's taken this year. He's played 21 games. He's taken 15. Now, he doesn't miss them. He's on 13 of 15, but he's taking 15 free throws. He just doesn't get to the line at all. So as good as his free throws are, it has no real fantasy impact at all. Where he has impact is in getting steals, in blocking shots as a guard, in getting assists, and hitting high volume of threes, and doing that relatively efficiently. So another big game from Tyrese Halliburton. Your top 10 players in category leagues today, James Harden was number one, Don Mitchell was number two, Embiid was three, and Mason Plumlee was four. Jesus. Damian Lillard at number five, Josh the Hitman Hart at six, Jim Butler at seven, Jeremy Grant at eight, Nikola Vucevic at nine, and Rudy Gobert at number 10. And then at uh, for points leagues, your top 10 is number one, Harden, number two, Embiid, number three, Vooch, number four, Don Mitchell, number five, De'Aaron Fox, six is Butler, seven is Hart. 8 is Plumley, 9 is Lillard, and 10 is Jeremy Grant. Let's move across now, talk DFS, and talk a bit of a preview for Wednesday's action. All right, we've got nine games on on Wednesday. So the first game is the Raptors and the Wizards. OG Ananobi, he could be back. But what about Scarves? OG, stop ones. OG. Uh, you better stop OG. So obviously that has an impact on the value of someone like Norman Powell specifically. I think Boucher's minutes will be able to stick pretty high. While the Wizards will welcome uh, Russell Westbrook back, will they continue to start Davis Bertans? That's the big question. The Hawks and the Mavericks, no injuries that we don't know about at this pay- at this stage, which is good. Um, but of course, no DeAndre Hunter or Bogdan Bogdanovich playing for Atlanta. The Clippers may welcome back Patrick Beverly, but they will be without Paul George. While D'Angelo Russell is questionable for the Wolves, and Carl Anthony Towns is doubtful, so probably another um, probably get another start in there for uh, Naz Reed at center. The Hornets and the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies will have no Brandon Clark. They'll have no DeAnthony Melton, Jaron Jackson, or Justice Winslow. The Hornets will be without De- Devontae Graham. The um, Grizzlies are favored here by four. The total is 226. But the you know, no injuries, questions, questionable statuses that we need to pay attention to, really. The Nets and the Pacers, I guess it is a back-to-back for Brooklyn. There's no Kevin Durant, we know. But will Kyrie play? I assume that he will. And for the Pacers, um, not, not a back-to-back for them. So no real injury concerns there either, which is obviously good news. The Cavs and the Nuggets, no Larry Nance for Cleveland. Will they start big again? I imagine they will with Allen and Drummond. Allen and Drummond. While for the Nuggets, no Gary Harris once more. So we'll probably get Michael Porter starting next to Will Barton. The Pelicans and the Bulls. The Bulls will have no Markinen, no Carter, no Hutchison. So we're going to get Williams. We're going to get Valentine. We're going to get Thad Young filling in there. The Thunder and the Lakers. The Thunder are now without Shea Gildas-Alexander, no Teo Maladon, but Isaiah Roby is off the injury report. So there's obviously value opening up there. Hamadou Diallo, uh, Kenrich Williams, Isaiah Roby, because they'll push Baisley to the three and Dort to the two. So we'll get some Roby-Horford combination front court minutes. Mike Mascala's out, so Roby gets all those backup center minutes, and he gets backup power forward minutes. They might even decide to start him, to be honest, instead of Kenrich and put Dort at the two, Baisley at the three, and Roby at the four. So some Real value opening up there. While Anthony Davis is questionable for the Lakers, LeBron is probable. And then the Bucks and the Suns. No um, no Drew Holiday there for Milwaukee. And Phoenix, Chris Paul is questionable. Jay Crowder is questionable, but they'll be without Dario Saric. 
and they'll be without Cameron Payne once again. If we look at some early Fangio values over on this one, I think Denzel the Hammer Valentine at 4,400 looks all right. I like Paddy Williams. I like Drummond a lot at 77. I like Porter, Michael Porter at 52. DiVincenzo at 47. Uh, Monty Morris at 41. And then you've got some Thunder guys, maybe Justin Jackson at 37. You've got Diallo in there. You could throw Dort into a GPP. <clears throat> Horford at 62 looks pretty good. Um, uh, and they're probably the major value guys. But of course, you know, we'll be looking at the more up-to-date values when we talk the draft uh, in the Draft Stars pregame show tomorrow. Gallinari at 3,800 is also something we look at there with the Hawks. Roby at 5,000 and Morant at 71 comes in looking okay to me. Guys, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube. Today's show has been brought to you by 1010. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly and sustainably sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters have each produced a set of 10 uniquely beautiful diamond rings, and they're available now exclusively at BlueNile.com. This exciting collection of truly unique limited edition diamond engagement rings is available now only at BlueNile.com. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.